Better Off Bald, A Life in 147 Days. A serialized non-fiction podcast that chronicles the story of 15-year-old Adrian Wilson's 147-day battle with primary liver cancer. As she lay dying, Adrian taught others, including her older sister Andrea, who raised her, how to live. Welcome back to Better Off Ball, the life 147 days. I'm your host and storyteller, Andrea Wilson-Woods. Whether you're watching the video or listening to the podcast, I really appreciate you joining in. Let's get started. Days 36 through 40, Wednesday through Sunday, June 20th through the 24th, 2001, five smiley faces. I'm not the same anymore. Nothing is. Nothing ever will be. Adrian's journal entry dated June 6th, 2001. Getting Adrian's lab results while she was in the hospital proved difficult. I wasn't sure how strong her immune system was yesterday. Being around so many strangers could have been risky, but as it turns out, she was fine except for her low hemoglobin. She is anemic, but she won't receive a blood transfusion unless her hemoglobin drops below 9. Despite her high WBC, Adrian feels lousy. A low-grade fever persists throughout the day. Her pulse is 108 to 110 beats per minute. She keeps saying something doesn't feel right. I chalk everything up to exhaustion. She didn't rest after chemo. Instead, she experienced the best day of her life. Feeling exhilarated must have burned enormous amounts of energy. Adrian sleeps all day, and then she sleeps another 11 hours that night. Jay and Dave wiped her out. Like most pain medication, Dilaudid causes severe constipation. Adrian takes Percolase, a stool softener, twice a day, but it doesn't seem to be working. I now have to keep track of every time she poops. One smiley face equals one bowel movement. Adrian doesn't think my coding method is funny. The goal is one smiley face per day. Stripped of all dignity, I am now stalking Adrian every time she goes to the bathroom. Before I can even ask, she'll say something like, nope, not yet. Fighting the side effects of the medication proves to be as difficult as fighting the cancer itself. The unnecessary but preventative antibiotic continues to harm Adrian. Even in its liquid form, Adrian throws up within hours after taking Bactrim. Cheese quesadilla, Doritos, fruit, it all comes up. There has to be an alternative. Aren't there dozens of antibiotics on the market? I call the hospital and the doctor on call recommends pentamidine, a medication administered once per month at the clinic. He also prescribes Ativan for nausea and anxiety. Adrian smiles as I pour the rest of what I consider poison down the sink. On slow days, when there are no doctor appointments or in-home nurse visits, we measure time around Adrian's medication schedule. 8 a.m. Give Nupogen shot, flush lines, change dressing, or change the caps on Adrian's central line depending on the day. Make breakfast. Give meds. Watch TV. Usually repeats of Law & Order, My Soap Opera, The Young and the Restless, or cartoons. Adrian folds her body into the only piece of furniture in our living room, a beige suede chair. Donated, of course. 12 p.m. Make lunch. Take more meds. 
Adrian Nance. I read about liver cancer or do research on the internet. Sometimes we watch movies in the afternoon. This week we watched the four-hour Emmy-nominated television movie, Me and My Shadow, over several days. Alex got us an advanced copy, one of the many benefits of having a friend who works in casting. The film, starring Judy Davis and based on Judy Garland's life, is excellent, but we drift off after a while. Adrian's head rests on one arm of the chair while her legs hang over the other one. I lie on the floor with my head on a pillow, uncomfortable, but too exhausted to care. 4 p.m. Make snack if Adrian is hungry. Take meds. Sort through mail. Gifts continue to arrive. Cards. Books. Stuffed animals. And gift cards from Blockbuster, Barnes & Noble, and Virgin Records. A Bible arrives every other week or so usually from someone with good intentions, but who doesn't know Adrian well. The Bibles remain untouched in a stack on Adrian's floor. The small, worn Bible that sits on top was a gift from Victor, an actor I worked with on two occasions. We became friends despite our different religious beliefs. Victor is a devout Christian. Jong sang and played guitar at Victor's wedding last fall. I allowed Victor to visit because I trusted him. He gave Adrian his Bible, explaining how much strength he drew from reading it. Then he prayed over Adrian. When he raised his hands and began speaking in tongues, Adrian shot me a look. I was as surprised as she was, but I didn't stop him. Later, Adrian said, He scared me, sissy. It reminded me of going to church with Aunt Tootsie. I feel guilty. I saw the fear on her face and did nothing. That moment taught me something. When people feel helpless... They often do things that make them feel better, without any thought to the person in the situation. Victor meant well, but praying and speaking to God was for him, not Adrian. He knew we were not a religious family, but it didn't matter. Victor believed prayer was all he had to offer, and Adrian needed it. Some people, like Alex's mother, Ellen, use their talents well and give Adrian cool, homemade presents. Ellen made two neck rolls that alleviate pain in the neck and shoulders. The pink satin one has lavender and flaxseed inside of it, while the blue fleece one contains rice and cinnamon. Heat three minutes in the microwave and experience instant relief. Ellen also sent Adrian a vaporizer, which purifies her room. Adrian has two favorite gifts, a small square blue pillow with a white cat on it embroidered by Ellen and a sticker from a friend that reads, It's called thinking. You might try it sometime. Adrian's report card comes in the mail this week. The perfect GPA of 4.0 is no surprise, but the 20 absences listed for the second semester seem to leap off the paper and smack us in the face. Wow, I almost never miss school, says Adrian. We ponder the one absent listed for the first semester. Then Adrian remembers what happened. Someone called in a bomb threat to Burbank High, so I didn't allow her to go to school that Friday. I think bombs and illness... I can't bring myself to say cancer, are legitimate reasons for missing school, I say. Adrian doesn't respond. Next, we wait for John to get home. I envy how much Adrian looks forward to his arrival. Spending all day, every day, with me gets on her nerves. I make dinner while John does hand duty. He sits in one of our generic wooden kitchen chairs, which is next to Adrian's bed. As I stir the soup in the pot, and hear their voices drifting down the hall. I think how we wouldn't even have kitchen chairs if I hadn't bought the dining room set at Ikea with no help from John. He earns three times what I do, but we split our house bills 
John won't spend money on furniture, though, except for the TV stand, which he deemed necessary. 8 p.m. Finish dinner, more meds, wash dishes, do cat litter, watch TV, prepare Adrian's bath at 9 o'clock. I keep the Ziploc bags and duct tape in her bathroom. I check my email. After bathing, Adrian goes online to instant message her friends or to write in her live journal. John works on his music. Some things have not changed at all, except Adrian brushes her teeth without arguing now. Cancer has not made her less stubborn, but she discovered something recently that makes her want to brush her teeth. A cheap electric toothbrush. Who knew it could be that simple? I love the way it feels on my teeth, sissy. She peels her lips back and meticulously brushes each tooth. I still can't convince her to floss, though. One battle at a time. 12 a.m. Wake Adrian up if she falls asleep early. Take nighttime meds. Make her go to bed if she stays up late talking online. Collapse into bed after taking a shower. At the hospital, it's hard to sleep with the bright lights and constant noise. But at home, my brain turns off at midnight and begs for rest. For the first time in my life, I sleep well for nights at a time. I don't remember my dreams anymore, which used to wake me up in the middle of the night or leave me feeling tired the next day. My insomnia started in childhood along with the vivid dreams. Mental fatigue, however, proves to be more powerful than my creative subconscious. I have never felt more rested and more exhausted at the same time. I need sleep the way our mother needs drugs. No one can find our house. We have an address that doesn't make any sense. 1624 Landis Street. Our house is on San Fernando Road. It's not even on the corner of Landis. We rarely get packages from FedEx or UPS. And one time when our regular mail carrier went on vacation, we didn't get mail for a week. Just when a pizza delivery guy can find our place without directions, he quits and we have to start all over with a new person. I believe the city of Burbank didn't want to give a residence a numeric address on San Fernando Road because it is primarily a business district. I can't prove my theory, but after living here for almost four years, it's easier to avoid deliveries altogether. As a result, I drive over to Home Health Pharmacy to pick up Adrian's medical supplies once or twice a week. The workers know my face now. They smile and hand me the large paper bag marked Emma Wilson. I open it, check the contents, and sign the invoice. When the Sharps container is full, I have to bring it here so they can dispose of the needles inside. An employee usually reminds me they deliver, but I say no thank you. We are lucky. The pharmacy is less than a mile from our house, near the Burbank Animal Shelter, where Adrian and I often go to spend time with the homeless dogs and cats. I can't remember the last time we went there. I leave the pharmacy and stop by the local liquor store. After buying some soda, I jump into my car push the clutch, turn the ignition, and shift into reverse without looking behind me. The sickening crunch makes me close my eyes. In an effort to get back to Adrian, I have hit someone again. The dread rises up like bile in my throat. The tears sneak up on me and hide in the corner of my eyes. I take a deep breath and get out of my car. Even though my heart races, my stomach becomes less knotted when I see the driver in his vehicle. The man is dark-skinned, older, and dressed in worn jeans. His pickup truck appears as exhausted as he is. My voice wavers. I'm so sorry. I didn't see you. No, he says. I, I'm sorry. I not see you. 
We examine our respective vehicles. I see nothing, says the man. He is correct. Despite backing squarely into each other, our cars suffered from a minor exchange of paint jobs. A few specks of color are the only evidence of our collision. My car's fine, I say to him. Mine too, he says. Okay, I ask. Okay, he smiles. He hurries back to his truck and drives off. I don't think he has insurance, and I don't care. Adrian wakes up on Saturday and feels good. I make her a breakfast shake with the blender we bought solely for this purpose. What do you want in it? I ask. Everything, she says. She sucks down her fruit shake, which contains cherries, blueberries, blackberries, and strawberries, as well as banana, pineapple, ice cream, milk, and royal jelly, a natural supplement that boosts the immune system. When she gets her period today, Adrian rides out the nausea that comes with it. All that natural sugar must have increased her energy because her counts shouldn't be up yet. She likes the shake so much, I decide she should have one for breakfast every morning, a welcome addition to our daily routine. Money has always been a contentious subject in our family. If my dad had not offered to help us, I would be drowning in debt right now. I hate asking him and my stepmother Ava for money because for a long time they believed I would become my mother, a manipulative, conniving woman who commits fraud as easily as most people tie their shoes. Since leaving Adrian at home alone was not an option, I would have begged for their assistance, but I didn't have to. Their unsolicited financial aid was the best gift they could have given us. Three years ago, I called them crying, pleading for help to get full custody of Adrian. I only waited as long as I did because I never had the money to hire a lawyer, and I knew the older Adrian was, the more likely her opinion would matter to the court. However, when Adrian became suicidal and began counseling with Diana, getting legal custody became a top priority. Dad and Ava paid for the lawyer, which cost $1,800. Not a lot of money as far as attorney's fees go, but far more money than I made in a month. Custody battles usually take place in the jurisdiction where the child currently lives, which worked to our advantage. After a court-appointed inspector interviewed John, Adrian, and me in our home, she filed her report. I never saw it, but we must have passed the test because we appeared in court the following month. Mother never showed up. I didn't expect her to. I am sure Mother claimed she didn't have the financial resources to get to California, but now we know that's a lie since she was getting a check for Adrian every month. Maybe Mother said her failing health prevented her from jumping on a plane to get her daughter back, but the reason for our absence didn't matter. I was granted full legal custody due to her abandonment. Thank you for watching and listening to Better Off Bald, A Life in 147 Days. And I wanted to add, if you haven't noticed at all, um, my voice has been shot for quite some time. I went to Amsterdam for my nonprofit Blue Fairy, www.bluefairy.org. Please check it out. We fight liver cancer. Anyway, and I came back with a cold that developed into an upper respiratory infection. My voice is just, my throat, I should say, is killing me. So um, I'm doing my best to keep going. And so I apologize if I always sound hoarse or just terrible. <laughs> anyway, again, thank you for um, watching and listening to Better Off Bald, Life in 147 Days. 
please subscribe to my channel um, and also please share and stay tuned for the next episode. You just heard a chapter from Better Off Ball, A Life in 147 Days, a story told and written by Andrea Wilson Woods. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to our podcast, share it with your friends, and leave us a review on iTunes. Thank you for listening.